you are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Welcome. If I have not yet had the privilege to meet you, my name is John, and I get this amazing opportunity to pastor this community that we call Discovery. Thank you so much. And uh, man, we are just glad that you're hanging out with us. I hope that you plan on hanging out with us afterwards because we got uh, the Easter Bunny here and uh, we got a whole bunch of sweets. And uh, anyone like sweets? Awesome. And so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so hopefully, that, hopefully, again, you'll be able to hang out with us at the end of our worship experience uh, today. And uh, man, let's just jump right into it. It's uh, going to be at John chapter 20 is our text today. I got a little section of text that I want to read to you, and then we will, uh, we will jump right into it. It says this. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she went, she stooped to look into the tomb. Verse 12, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. This is kind of going to be the foundation of what I want to talk to you about this morning. This idea that she saw Jesus, but she didn't know it was Jesus. The irony. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? That's two times. Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Verse 16, final verse. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned, said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. This morning I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, the gardener, the gardener. And I do want to say this, if this is your first time here, we have a saying at Discovery that a quiet church is a dead church. church. And that simply means that if I'm saying something that resonates in your heart and and you're like, man, that's good. Feel free to be like, amen. You, you can say, if, if, you, if you're not comfortable with amen, you can be like, preach brown boy. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> choose your own adventure here at Discovery. And, and so if it's something that's really good, that's really resonating in your heart, you can, I just want you to stand up and you could just nod at me. All right? If it's real good, you cross your arms and then you start nodding. Uh, and then before I pray, I do want to honor all of our dream team members here, the volunteers, those people that set up, tear down, are teaching your kids, doing worship, production. It's all because of you guys that were able to do this, and so I honor you. Thank you so much. Enough of that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we're here this morning. I thank you the reason why we're here. I thank you uh, that, uh, this, that you brought everyone here on purpose, God, that no one is here by accident. And so, Father, I pray right now that, that as I speak, that you would just speak through me. God, you know what each person needs to hear. God, you know that there's different backgrounds and stories and complications of each person's life. And so I know that I can't speak to each one, but I know you can. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. No one has an hour to waste. So could we please leave here different? Not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world. 
We love you. And in Jesus' name, come on, everyone say amen. Amen, amen. Hey, how many of you guys uh, have ever set high expectations for something and it just, it kind of went <laughs> like it didn't work? For some reason, someone's like <laughs> in the back like, yeah, waving. Uh, for some reason, it seems like every family vacation is that way. We have these, I have like these great expectations of like, my kids holding my hand and we're skipping, right? Like, and the sun is whistling and birds are chirping. Like, but it never happens that way, ever. Like my expectations of what I, what I was thinking, it just never, never works out. Uh, I remember the latest adventure that we went on as a family. We went to Disneyland. <laughs> Disneyland is way more fun with no kids. All the parents say, amen. I had my kids. I, it, uh, he was seven, and my daughter was five. And, and I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be a lot of fun. That's my expectation. I'm like, we, I, get to, I, can't, I get to introduce my kid to the rides. I'm going to be that dad that's like, yo, let's go on every ride. And in my head, my expectation was my kids were going to be like, you're the best dad ever. That's my expectation. We get to Disneyland. The first ride I want to take my little boy on, not the two-week-old, but the, the seven-year-old. The first ride that I want to take him on is Tower of Terror. And uh, my son, I'm like, I'm like, boy, you ready to go? He's like, yeah, Dad, yeah. I'm like, this is going to be so fun. We're going to get that picture of us, and we're going to be like, like expectations. We get in line. I'm like, yo, you hype? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden, we're about to step into the little elevator thing. And my son's like, dad, I don't want to do this. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to do this? We're here. We waited for an hour. Dad, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to go on. I was like, we're going on. Don't judge me. We don't judge here. I said, we waited for an hour. You're going. Dad, I don't want to go. And then at this point, like the poor guy that was standing at the doorway, it was kind of, you can tell he was just feeling awkward. <laughs> like, he's like, what do I do? Like, and I was like, let's go. And so I picked up my son and I, and I walked into the elevator. <clears throat> and no joke, God is my witness. He's like kicking. His, I don't want to go. And I'm looking at the guy that closed the gate. I'm like, shut the gate. <laughs> like, Now. So he shuts it, and I'm like, there's nothing we can do now, Eli. Oops, I didn't want to say his name. Well, it doesn't matter. I, <laughs> no one harass him after this. <laughs> I was like, I, well, I don't, I, just sit down. And he's like, I don't want to do And he's like, he's, like it's, it is crazy in that little ride. I'm like, dude, if we don't buckle up, you're just going to, like, crash, right? Like, he's like, okay, so, so <laughs> we buckle him up, and... Uh, and the whole time, he's just holding on to my arm, his nails digging in my massive biceps. Like, it was, <laughs> why y'all laugh? That's rude. That's rude. 
And then, and so like he's holding, he, and like during the, like his butt is never touching the seat. It's always, it's like lifted, like he's flying as we're dropping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. This was not my expectation. This is not what I expected. Finally, we got off the ride and he's like, <laughs> he's like traumatized. <laughs> I'm like, are you okay? I don't want to talk to you. Expectations. <laughs> we got a hotel that had like a water park at it. I'm like, we'll go there if my kids are bored. They wanted to stay at the hotel. They didn't even want to go to Disneyland. The second day, I was like, all right, guys, we're going to go to Disneyland. They're like, can we just stay in the hotel? I'm like, I did not pay. <laughs> See, like my expectations. High expectations all of a sudden, I became disappointed when my expectations didn't align with what I was expecting. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about just how my expectations became disappointment. And that disappointment all of a sudden distorted my perception of the vacation. Like all of a sudden, I was like, I don't even want to be here. The happiest place on earth. <laughs> right? <laughs> This is this, I don't want this. But I began thinking about that, and I begin to wonder, like, I wonder if this is how Mary felt the moment she walked to the tomb and realized that there was no body in that tomb. See, because Mary, she had expectation that when she arrived at the tomb, she was expecting to find the body of Jesus. Now, if you're here and, and you're unfamiliar with what's taking place right now, here, here are the cliff notes. Uh, Jesus and Mary, they're great friends, and, and uh, Jesus was wrongfully tried and beaten, murdered eventually. And uh, uh, Jesus' friends, Mary and her friends, they decided to take Jesus' body off the cross because they were going to prepare his body for, for, for burial. And uh, however, the, it was on the Sabbath, and so Jewish culture uh, doesn't allow you to work on the Sabbath. Come on, Chick fil A got it right. They know what's up. And, 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 and so here they are, right? Like they're, they're, they're waiting for the Sabbath to be over, and then eventually they're headed over to finish the preparation of the burial of Jesus. And so this is what's happening. Mary, she's heading back to the tomb to finish what she started. I kind of see this as closure. Like she, she's trying to find closure. She's trying to end this horrible news that she just experienced. And so, so here she is, Mary, she arrives at the tomb and uh, she looks in and she realizes that there is nobody in there. See, her expectation was when I get there, there Jesus will be. But she arrives and no one is there. The person that she was expecting to see was not there. And in that moment, Mary's day went from bad to worse. How many of you guys can relate to this idea of your day, your week, your month, your year going from bad to worse? We kind of have a saying, don't we? When it rains, it 
pours. See, maybe you're here this morning and, uh, and your rent is due, which is bad. But on top of that, man, all of a sudden you realize your car breaks down. And so it goes from bad to worse. Maybe you're here and, and you just, you got like this, you got tested and you got like a diagnosis of something that you just didn't want to hear. And, and that's a bad day, man. But it gets worse because you just got noticed that your company's letting you go. Bad to worse. Maybe you're here and your marriage, maybe your marriage is a little shaky right now. And, uh, and that's kind of a bad thing, right? But on top of that, to make things worse, uh, your kids, they don't listen to you. And it's like bad to worse. And this is Mary's day. This is Mary's day because she expected to see something at the tomb. It wasn't there. So all of a sudden, her day went from bad to worse. And what's very interesting is that the, 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 her perspective, because she didn't reach the expectation of what she wanted, Her, her perception became distorted, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But, but, but it's, it's amazing because Mary, all of a sudden, she allowed, and I think a lot of us can relate to this, she allowed her expectation to dictate her perception. See, she was expecting to see Jesus in the tomb. That was her expectation. When she arrived, there was no Jesus in there. So now her expectation turned into disappointment. And now that disappointment, as we're about to find, uh, discover, that disappointment all of a sudden distorts her perception of who Jesus is. See, we, we read in the text in John chapter, in the, in the text that we read in verse 14, it says that Mary saw Jesus, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Why, did not, why didn't she know it was Jesus? Because her perception was distorted. The very person that Mary was looking for, she didn't even see him. She, she saw him, she saw him as the gardener. Here's why that is so significant, I believe. is because in Mary's eyes, the gardener was the reason for her pain and her suffering. Here's what I mean. In Mary's eyes, it was the gardener who was responsible for moving the body of Jesus. So now all of a sudden, Mary... Rather than seeing the person that she's searching for to find closure, she now sees Jesus as the gardener, the person that is causing her pain. She no longer sees Jesus as the person she's searching for. She now sees Jesus. Jesus, you are the one responsible for my expectations to fall, to fail. She sees Jesus as the gardener, the person that moved the body, the 
person that caused her frustration, the person that caused her pain. See, I think it's very important that we understand this and we understand what Mary was going through because your interpretation of Jesus frames your expectation for Jesus. I'll say that again. Your interpretation of Jesus frames your expectation for Jesus. And this is important to understand because I think for a lot of us here this morning, our interpretation in our role of Jesus's, Jesus in our life is incorrect. Here's what I mean. I think for a lot of us, our interpretation of the role of Jesus in our life has become nothing more than a superstitious good luck charm. And so when we think of Jesus, we think that as long as I go to church, as long as I do my Hail Marys, come on my Catholic folks, as long as I, as long as I pray before I eat, as long as I do this or as long as I do that, nothing bad will ever happen to me. And for a lot of us, that's our interpretation of the role of Jesus. That nothing bad will ever happen to me when I have Jesus in my pocket. When I'm wearing the cross around my neck. But can I say this morning that that might not be the role of Jesus in our life. See, because he, here's, here's, here's why I say that. It is Jesus' role in your life and in my life is not to prevent us from going into hardship. Okay, I, know, I know what you're saying, John, that's really rude. But his role in our life, Jesus' role in our life is not to prevent us from going through things. That's not his role in our life. Jesus' role in our life is this. Not to prevent us from going through things, but to be by our side to help us get through those things. And when you understand the correct interpretation and role of Jesus, your expectation of Jesus isn't like, oh, you failed me again. Because if we're honest, I think there are a lot of us in here who have said those very words, Jesus, you failed me again. God, you failed me again. I prayed for something, you failed me again. But his role is not to keep us from falling down. His role is to be there, to pick us up and to walk with us to bring hope in this situation, to get us from point A to point B. Like Jesus' role is to help you and help me to walk through the hell of life. Come on, is that too real? The frustrations and the pains and the anger of life. His role is to hold us by the hand, to say, hey, I got you. Come on, I, listen, I know it's hard. Let's go, come on. 
I don't know if I can do it. You can do it. Come on, man. I got you. He's our hope. He's our peace. He's our joy. Come on, and I, I, got, I need you to understand. I need you to have the right interpretation. The right, I need you to see Jesus the right way. So that your expectations are aligned. wants to walk with you through it. You don't have to do it alone. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but you don't have to do it alone. Here's my favorite part of the story, okay? So, so, uh, so Mary, she turns around and she thinks it's the gardener, but it's not the gardener. But Mary doesn't know that it's not the gardener until, and I love this part, and this is for someone in here this morning. She doesn't realize it's the person that she's searching for until Jesus says, Mary. See, that's for somebody here this morning because you need to know Jesus, he doesn't see you as a number. He doesn't see you as just a person. He doesn't see you as someone he doesn't know, but he knows you intimately. He knows you personally. He knows your pain. He knows your frustration. He knows what you're going through. He, needs, he knows the hope that you need. And he says, I know you by you're going through this morning but whatever it is he knows you by name he knows you personally and my question for you this morning now that he knows you personally are you willing to know him personally because he wants to know you or he wants you to know him. Come on, the right perspective. The right interpretation. He wants to lead you. He wants to walk with you. You don't have to do it alone. And here's what I love about the fact that he knows you personally excuse me, is that it takes all the pressure off of me. Because it's very easy right now. You're sitting there and I'm like, he wants to walk with you. And your neighbor's like, ah! And you're sitting there like, but you don't know my story. You don't know my pain. You and your little floral print shirt pretend like you know what I'm going through. You don't know nothing. You don't know my past. You don't know my pain. You don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know me. How can you tell me that? And here's the great news. I don't have to know you because he knows you. He knows your name. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.